Welcome back to the Birdies and Beers podcast. This week we have a general talk about our best bets, the PGA FedEx Tour, and everything golf. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to another great Birdies and Beers podcast. I'm your host, Lowy. I've got D Webb and Scotty on the line with us. How are you tonight, guys? Very good, champ. How are you, Scotty? Thanks, Lowy. Good. good. Yeah, great, boys. Good, Good to be here. Hey, um, so let's have a little chat about the FedEx Cup and our winner, Paulino, that's just picked up $18 million since August. I mean, DJ's just picked up $18 million over the last month or so of golf. Uh, anything um, you guys want to bring to my attention that I didn't see this week off the PGA Tour FedEx Cup, D-Web? Uh, no, nah, look, I mean, the way DJ finished the year, he was thoroughly deserving of everything he got. Um, 15 million US is a nice little uh, payback of that last one. Um, I think even the guys that came fourth or fifth still got over a million, which is beyond me a little bit, but um, good luck to them. Um, yeah, but no, look, it was a good finish of the year. I mean, he's obviously world number one at the moment for a reason. It was good to see him, good kind of leaderboard at the end. Um, good old Xander stepped up for us when we weren't, didn't have money on him, which was great. So that was uh, pleasing. Um, but yeah, when we're on JT, just come up short again. But you know, that's life. Um, but no, I liked it. I thought it was good. Scotty, do you have any thoughts, mate? I know, I know that you've probably backed twenty nine of the the thirty players last week. Um, did you pick the right one? Yeah, and Lowie, funny you mentioned that, mate, because that was that question was framed from somebody that uh, clearly doesn't uh, back any winners, and he's a bit bitter about the whole uh, about these punters uh, that me and D Webber been cleaning up on the last. Not really cleaning up, but that was um, yeah, mate. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to put a few bets on, but I'm happy to win a few too, mate. So I love a um, good look, side yeah. bet, Skip, Scotty. Yeah, that's all right. It's what I'm all about. For those that don't know me, I, I love a side bet. And it's usually a winning side bet too. That's why I don't tell you pricks what I'm going to bet on. <laughs> Free bets. Uh, but look, yeah, it was a it was a great finish to uh, a restricted year, the FedEx Cup. Um, DJ, you know, Jizzy did well. Um, yeah, look, pretty happy for him. But uh, we're talking to D-Web earlier in the week. It's... We look at the, uh, you know, we look at things like co- the coverage. Obviously, the PGA do a lot of uh, work to charitable foundations, etc. But the prize money being on offered um, for the for the race to the FedEx Cup is quite extraordinary, um, and could arguably be excessive. Um, so, I want to put a question to you, boys. What what kind of uh, instead of pumping all this money into this one tournament, the top thirty players? Which are obviously deserving of their shot at the title, but where do you think money, this money that's put up, could be placed elsewhere in regards to the the the, the PGA Tour? Like, where could that money be put to improve other aspects or other opportunities? So, to throw it into context, uh, Billy Horsell came thirtieth this week, last, uh, and he shot an. 284 over the week and he picked up 395,000 US dollars to come last in a tournament. Uh, Tony Finau came 17th, picked up 550,000 US dollars. Um, just to throw it in, into context, Patrick Reed tied eight with Rory and Sebastian both all three of them picked up nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars to come tied eighth. 
uh, tied second JT. Obviously, we like to back a second place winner. Uh, picked up four and a half mil. So, yeah, Scotty, you're right, mate. There's massive money uh, if you finish in the top 30. Uh, I think it's probably very heavily uh, – oh, how do you say it? These 30 guys are probably the best 30 golfers of the season, obviously, to be up there. Uh, and I think this is a little bit of a tap on the back for being consistent um, rather than some of the big-time golfers only playing a half a dozen tournaments a year. Uh, I think this kind of helps the uh, Mackenzie Hughes out up there, Chunk, when he just made $620,000 to come tied 14th this week. Um, he plays every event and, you know, he's been consistent all year, I think. The money's great for players like that. Abraham Acer tied 18th, 500,000 US. Um, probably didn't earn that in, in winnings all year. So I can see for a person like DJ to pick up $15 million when he probably earns that solely in sponsorship. Um, some of these lower golfers, uh, the... I'm just having a look at some of the names. I don't even know who Lanto Griffin is, but he picked up $500,000 this week. So look, um, the money is ridiculous, but it, it kind of helps out some of those lower ranked players. That's, that's kind of my opinion. Um, Scotty, you got anything to add into that, mate? Or yeah, like, like, I, I agree with you, mate. Like it's, um, it's, it's a great story for those guys that uh, are some of the lesser names that have made it into the top 30. They're rewarded there for consistency throughout the year. Um, and they do have that opportunity to cash a big check. Um, how often you see that, you know, obviously as it is, you know, the, the top guys in the world are, are taking home these massive exorbitant checks at the end of the FedEx Cup race. Um, I was at Riviera earlier in the year in LA and I was watching, I think I was watching, I think Tiger was going down. I think it was a, a grouping of the big guys, Tiger, DJ, whoever were heading down uh, the fairway. And then I, I looked over and I turned, I looked over my shoulder and then I see two blokes and their caddies walking up a fairway, nobody around them, just sitting out there grinding. And I can't help but feel, look, these these guys obviously earn phenomenal money f for what they do, but it's so hard to get, you know, if you think about the club handicap to get, you know, a plus four handicap or something, it's you're an amazing golfer, but you're still not good enough to be on one of these tours. Um, I sort of looked at those guys walking by themselves up the fairway and I sort of thought that's what the tour is about, those guys that are grinding and are not being recognised for their talents. And I get it, they have to take it to this next level to be there. But, you know, you can't help but feel that there's maybe other ways that, you know, some of this money can be funnelled, whether it's, um, you know, down to those those fringe players on the tour or things like that where that money could actually make a big difference. But that's just my opinion, mate. What do you think, Webby? You're pretty, uh, got a pretty level head about these kinds of things, mate. What, what do you think? Um, look, I think the 15 mil is too much. I mean, the whole point of, I think of having the, that amount of money was to attract players and promote the FedEx cup. Um, I don't think you need to be 15 million to the winner. I think 5 million and, you know, still keep them pretty happy. And that's going to be well and truly more than anything else, any other tournament they're going to play in. So yeah, I think if, if they're trying to do it to attract players and they don't need to, um, and then the other question is around, you know, the guys that finish, 15th, the unknowns that have had a good year, you can still keep that at 500,000, but you can knock 10 million easily off the top and still attract players. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see him put the money elsewhere. I mean, 
you know, I think their coverage of the golf is horrendous and um, could be a lot better. And, you know, throwing 10 million into that probably help out a little bit. Um, so, yeah, but, yeah, I think the money could go elsewhere and, and help promote the game a bit more, which would make it stronger and bigger anyway. Yeah, no, I think you're right. The 15 mil, I remember when I start, first started watching golf, I'm sure that the FedEx Cup uh, – when Rory won it one year was only seven million or or eight million plus the whatever he did to win that uh, tournament as well. I think he ended up working away with eleven million. Um, I kind of agree with Scotty. Like I I have a mate that is a former pro and he only ever played in obviously the the Australian uh, tournament that we have down here. And um, mate, they're talking about winning an event, and I know it's not a, a big event or anything, but that's ten thousand dollars that they would win solely uh, for that, and then they might not have another win all year. And you, you think some of these pro golfers have got the life, but you know some of them only in Australia only pull you know forty five, fifty five thousand dollars a year, um, which is less than what most the average earner earns. You know, like so, I agree, mate. Uh, golf in Australia is probably not as big as it is in the PGA, obviously. And they could probably do a lot better uh, selling the game internationally or helping the game out internationally probably um, is a good way to do it. Talking about the coverage, but as, as an international viewer, uh, it is ordinary. Uh, you can't see anybody else except for the top Americans. So um, that's just a little plug it or a little side jab at ESPN if they want to listen to the bad boys we'll tell them how to do it properly um anyway, CBS yeah CBS <laughs> um look talking about big money let's have it let's bring this back roll this back into Richard's random question tonight's random question is let's let's bring some like like love is love vibe back into this place we've had a bit of a struggle in year so far Let's talk about the best win you have ever had. You don't have to give amounts. You don't have to give anything like that, but the best win you've ever had on the punt. So, D-Webb, tell us the story, mate. The best win that I had, uh, which was also one of the biggest, was backing the great man, Tiger Woods, to win the Masters last year. Uh, Loaded up. And he came good for us, and that was awesome. That shot he hit on sixteen, I was up and about. It's fair to say, so um, that was my favourite and one of the best wins I've had. Tell us why you picked Tiger. What what made was it storyline? Was it uh, just oh, I think story storyline was there? But he was playing decent golf going into it, and um, you know we know he likes to prime himself for the the big majors, and you know. I think, yes, there was the story there and how good it would have been, but he was actually playing really good golf. So I thought he was pretty generous odds. And, um, yeah, so I went after it. Mate, any win on Tiger is a good win in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Tiger is always the best thing to do in golf. Scotty, now I know that you're not just a golf better. You've probably got a ton mm-hmm. of great stories. Uh, talk to us about your best win on the punt, mate. Or most memorable? Well, yeah, I've, I've had a couple, but I reckon oh, I've got two, but I'll quickly go through it. Uh, 2016, the, my mate Andy from up at the newsagent up there in uh, Lutwich, north of Brisbane, he was 
he was a he always knew someone. He was telling me about this horse that was coming over from New Zealand for the Queensland Oaks. It was called Provocative. And he told me to load up everything onto it. So I put bets on it left, right, and centre, all up into Paddy Dangerfield to win the brown low. Like I had some big money riding on this thing. And as it turned out, I was a bit uh I was a bit sick for work that day and I ended up found it out. Ended up at the racetrack and um, she cruised. Oh, she cruised three or four wide with about seven hundred to go. And Lethiness, the jockey on her, she just didn't even touch her and just loomed up and just absolutely eased down and won this thing so easy. And I, I'm glad the coverage. There might not have been any TV coverage that day because I reckon if the old bosses at work were watching, I said I think I would have got a little uh, please explain into the office. But um, but also had a, I jagged the first four in the Melbourne Cup last year, uh, 20, 2019 Melbourne Cup. I I put a bit on and I, I got a lot back, and it was um, it was a pretty good feeling. I think that was I think that's the biggest the biggest win on a on a race I've had, and that was uh. That was that was pretty special. It was nice to fill the back pockets up, boys. Yeah, just for our American listeners, and I know that we've got a few. That's our version of the Kentucky Derby in Australia. Uh, biggest the, the race that stops the nation. Check it out. It's uh, it's over thirty two hundred, Scotty. Is that right? Thirty thirty two hundred, mate. Yeah, the uh, world famous Flemington racetrack, and I think the Melbourne Cup is a is a pretty big international race now. So I think any race fans around the world, no matter where you're listening, will be familiar with the cup. And um, usually the first Tuesday in November, um, there are going to be no crowds there this year. And it could possibly be a limited-ish field compared to what we normally see with a lot of the European stays coming in. But um, it's always a great time of year and a big part of a big part of the Australian sporting culture. Yeah, no, good day of the year, Melbourne Cup. Um, I tuned in one year at some random bar in New York and, um, yeah, don't really remember the night, but I remember watching the race. <laughs> hey, um, so my uh, best win is technically not a win, but <laughs> it is a win. So you might remember this, D-Web. We were on this together heavily. An Australian bloke by the name of Adam Scott was leading the Bay Hill Invitational by <laughs> all shots with three like with the last round to go. Is that correct? And our beloved sports bet was it four four, four no, shots? It was halfway. Halfway. It was halfway. It was halfway. He was halfway. Like seven or eight clear. Our beloved sports yeah. bet, and we'll tag him. I in was on it too. Yeah. <laughs> Our beloved sports bet said he cannot lose. Pay everybody mm-hmm. out. And the boys loaded up, got paid out halfway through it, and then he choked. I think he didn't even finish in the top three. Um, yeah. So we got a massive payout for a bloke that didn't even win the event. And can I tell you, they have not done that since. So, Scotty, what do you what do you want to add, mate? But sports bet, I'm gonna I'm gonna say from a personal perspective, they're, they're one of the best betting agencies going around in Australia. They've a lot of promotions. They the thing is that these they do a lot of protest payouts and things like that. And I think for the money that they pay out, it's almost worth it in marketing because I can tell you right now that all these stories are on the news outlets and everything like that. Oh, look, this is what sports bet have done. They've paid out this and they've paid out that. It's blown up in their face. It's advertising for them. Well played. Keep it, keep it up. Keep it up, sports bet. 
I love it. I, I bet a, a fair bit on rugby league, and they used to do this. If your team's up by four at half time, they'll pay out. Um, and yeah, look, there's. I listened to a podcast of theirs, and you know, there's there's weeks where they pay between six and eight million dollars on rugby league for teams that are leading at halftime and then lose at full time. Um, but I'm sure they make up with it on Saturdays when people at golf like D Webb and I are back in 50 to one shots because we're having a terrible round. So um, <laughs> I don't think it's here or there for them, put it that way. Um, but apart from that, the other best bet that I've ever won was uh, Rory, the open. Uh, I think we got on about 15s or 16 to one couple of weeks before it and um he never looked like missing and i think his old man that's what was that old man story too he put a hundred quid or something on his boy to win a major before he was 25 and some bloke gave him you know a thousand to one odds for it and he ended up picking up and the rest well yeah whatever it was because um yeah but that's look just a little bit of uh the inside of some of the good times with the boys and we we won't go down (laughs) to the the first initial bab trip where we went down to melbourne thought we'll go to the casino after the trip and literally was inside for 35 minutes with no more money in our pockets. We went back, uh, back to the hotel and went to sleep. Uh, we won't talk about the bad times. Um, all right, guys, look, we'll have a quick chat about this uh, Safeways bet. Uh, safe, Safeways, is it? That's this week's market. Um, yeah, the Safeway Open. That's the one. And just having a look at the um, the odds, uh, a pretty it's a, it's a normal size field, but none of the big names are there. Uh, well, relevant big names. I hate to say that to Argy's Phil Mickelson and your mate, Sergio, but um, look, this is a, a, an event that they're filling in technically for the U S open next week. So won't spend much time on it. Um, boys got anybody you like, uh, I'll look up the odds for you. Uh, yeah, I've already had a little, um, a little crack at, at a young Aussie at big odds. Um, looking through the course, it, it's kind of suited guys who can get it out there. And um, yeah, I think Brendan Steele won it back to back. Very good driver of the ball. Cameron Champ won it last year. Obviously, hits the thing a mile. Um, and kind of looking through the numbers, it's a tree line course. Um, and, you know, statistically, I think. That, the guys don't average a huge amount of fairways, but you can play from out of the rough here and um, and, and still make a lot of birdies. And, yeah, so getting it out there is is more important than kind of keeping it straight. As long as it's not too far off the fairway, um, you can get a good angle in. I mean, Cameron Champ said you know, if it pins on the left, he just aims down the right. If he's in the right rough, it didn't bother him at all. Still gets a good angle in there. So, you know, you need a good driver of the ball and, and you know, guys that, again, solid tee to green. Um See, so yeah, I was kind of flicking through the odds and, um, and yeah, I kind of had a look at uh, Cameron Davis, who I think I've got him at 50s Oof. on Betfair. He's only 24 years old or might be turning 25. He's um, played here twice. He did miss a cutty last year, but he was 17th on debut before that. Um, you know, statistically, he's going, um, you know, very well. He's, he's coming off a couple of really good weeks. He... Um, he was 12th at the 3M Open where he had uh, 14 under for the four rounds, 32nd at the Barracuda, 15th at Wyndham, and he finished with 365s there. And then he was 29th in the Northern Trust where he was 64-65 for the first two rounds. So look, he's got game. He, um, he gets it out there a fair way. He's um, 20th 
in driving distance. He's 55th strokes gain off the tee. Um, yeah, so he's a good, solid, you know, tee to green player. He's 44th in strokes gain total, which is I think is really good for a young guy. Um, and yeah, look, I'm look, hoping obviously he gets hot and has a crack, but you kind of tick some of the boxes you want and uh, be good to story to get Nozzy up um, for the for the restart of the new year. So that's my um, that's my play. As I said, fifty to one. You don't need to put a lot on him to to get a get a return on investment. And um, yeah, hopefully we can get the kitty up. We're uh, so far for the year. We're eighty units in front, thanks to. Uh, JT at the Century, Sung Jim at the uh, Honda Classic and DJ at the Northern Trust there. And we had a couple of bloody rough seconds too. A lot of rough I seconds. Back yeah, I mean, DJ at the PGA, which was obviously really close. Um, Tony Finau was third at the 3M Open. JT should have won the Workday Charity three up with three to play. That one hurt. Um, yeah, we had Abe Answer earlier in the year. I don't know if you remember that back then, 34 to 1 he was, and um, he came second. He was right in the hunt. So we had a lot of guys in there, a lot of top tens, but um, only the three, uh, the three clicks. So anyway, hopefully we can uh, get another one this week. Yeah, and, and we're not trying to hide what we've bet. All our uh, bets and results are all on our website. So check it out. It's uh, babtourgolf.com. Um, all that information of who we or how we've went all year you know we're transparent boys we're we're not selling tips or we're not doing anything we're just a bunch of blokes that love to get on the punt for golf and um look if you click on the website and you really help us out our content can get better uh and so we can't really do it without you guys on that website uh all our social tags are on there uh facebook instagram twitter uh, and even an email if you want to get in contact with us. Um, more than happy to have a chat to anybody about golf because we love it that much. Um, Scotty, let's talk. Uh, keep going back onto the Safeways, mate. Uh, have you had a look at the market? Is there anybody that, that you like? Look, I'll be honest, mate. I haven't had an opportunity to delve too far deep into the Safeway uh, with the late ending to the Tour Championship in Atlanta. I mean, a, bit, a bit behind the eight ball, but... Um, Look, I'm going to continue the theme and back people that I've backed already this year so far. Um, and one of those would be Eric Van Ruen, the South African. Um, I believe very strong tee to green, I think. Um, I think he can show something here. And D-Web, you touched on before some, you know, the, the accuracy. What about Phil Mickelson coming off his... Uh, Win on the old boys tour on the champions tour. He's going to Just, get it out there. He's obviously so, in decent nick. Time out. That that's like going back and playing third division with the boys, and and having a win. That that win doesn't count for Phil. Hey, Lowy, <laughs> I, I I do believe Lowy that you are talking about going back and playing fourth division this year. And do you reckon you can still make it on mate, the uh, in in fourth team, mate? If I was to go play fourth division AFL. I'd dominate. Never played the game in my life. <laughs> You'll be sitting down in the four pocket, four pocket near the tuck shop down at there, Graham Road at Astley, mate. Hey, as long as they're serving beers there, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna backfill. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And of course, my mate Sergio. I'm gonna probably put a little bit on him, uh, just because I think he's, you know, he's, he's got the game on his day and he's due and. Why the hell not at $31, I think. All right, so I'm going to throw out a couple of names. I'm going to pick my brother, Shane Lowry. Uh, if his wedge game's on tight, he's a big show, I think. 
And I like a bloke by the name of Taylor Gooch solely because I like his name and he's at 71. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, that's how much research I've done for this event. Um, and for those of you that don't know Lowy, that says a lot that he's just what he's just said, Andy, just because he likes the name. Would you care to elaborate, Lowy, as to why you like that name? No, nah, mate, I just really like the name Taylor. It's a great name, isn't it, it's Taylor? It's a great name. You know, Taylor Swift, you know, all the good ones. <laughs> all right. So, look, um, take your, God, take my bet, definitely, the grain of salt. I do actually do like Shane Larry uh, this week. I think his wedge game's good. Um, and I think he's going to, if he can get that going with his putter, he'll be up there. Um, D Webb's probably done a little bit more research than Scotty and I. So, if you're keen on anybody in this one, probably uh, move towards, Webby's a pick of Cameron Davies. Um, shop around. 51's great because on a bet 365 at the moment, he's $36. So um, that's better odds with uh, the person D Web went with. Um, look, guys, we've got about uh, eight minutes left on uh, tonight's podcast. Let's have a quick look ahead towards the US Open. Uh, we're obviously going to do our normal big review next week on this event, but um, yeah, I thought we'd just touch the early markets because um, some of the early markets, the prices are pretty juicy already. DJ's at $9, Rams 11, uh, McElroy's 13, JT 15, Brooks 17, uh, Dyson Bryson is 19, Xander 21, Colin 21. Um, what do you look for for the US Open, boys? And um, have you got anything early that you could think about, D-Web? Uh, look, the early reports from the players are saying that it's going to be a brutal US Open and a lot of them are predicting that the winning score will be um, in the pluses, not the minuses. Um, so, you know, you think it's going to be a typical, um, yeah, typical US Open. I mean, Scott Hen came out, the Aussie, you know, during the week and said um, that he's heard rumours they want to score around plus eight to win it, which is, you know, ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see what the weather conditions throw up for it as well. Um, but, yeah, typical US Open, I mean, it's going to be very difficult from tee to green. Um, so you, you're really going to need someone at the absolute top of their game. Obviously, the bloke that jumps out to DJ at the moment, he's been... Um, very good. Although probably the slight concern, he did show some little signs at the Tour Championship um, with a few little chinks every now and then. Um, so he's human after all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, John Rahm, you know, he's been driving it really well, so he should be suited. Um, Rory's probably at this stage better suited on a really difficult track, and he said that um, at the, the BMW. Um so, yeah, I think he's actually one you'd almost consider. Um, I thought JT was um, excellent tee to green last week. It was just his putter that absolutely killed him. And, um, yeah, the realistically for him, he gets a ball in the fairway off the tee and he'll contend anywhere. And, um, yeah, he'll definitely want to think about. Brooks, who knows what you're going to get out of him. Bryson, I think, has gone off the boil a little bit. Xander showed a little bit of his favourite track last week, which was good for him, but not good for anyone else. Um, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one. So 
I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumped out too uh, at a bit longer odds. Um, somebody's hitting it well, like a Daniel Berger, um, even a Tony Feeney, I might jump out. Um, yeah, you never know on these harder tracks. I mean, Tiger's 41 already, so, um, you know, the great man was not, not too far. He's a little bit rusty, but, you know, he'll be primed for a big one too, I reckon. What do you guys think about uh, the watching a professional struggle to, you know, to be in the pluses to win a tournament compared to a professional that shoots 20 under for a week. What do you prefer? Do you prefer him to struggle or do you prefer to watch birdies? Scotty? I like variation. Yeah. I don't don't mind. Like when DJ went nuts and shot 30 under what it was a couple of weeks ago, like I think it's good. I think it's good to, to see him on courses where they show how good they actually are. I think it's also good to see him struggle and, um, and, and, you know, I don't like it when it's really over par, but anything around even par, I actually don't mind watching that as long as it's not every week because I think, you know, that becomes a bit of a ball. Like you want to see the blokes do what they're good at. Um, and that's probably why I like courses like the US Masters where there can be a big discre- uh, dis- uh, discrepancy between the guys who win and the guys who, who come last. And they're probably the best tournaments for me. Like the Memorial is another one where I think, you know, the guy that wins generally shoots a really good score but the guys that miss the cut miss it by a mile and um yeah they're probably the favorite ones but yeah as i said mate overall i, I don't mind the, the mix up scotty what do you think mate yeah look i i um i agree you want to see them go out there and, and shoot a really no number but i guess put uh, from an average golfer point of view i think i think there's something to something to take enjoyment out of seeing these guys out there struggle around and i mean i saw i saw look I'm an average golfer at best, but to see Rory top it into the piss the other day, like I just took such great pleasure in watching that because I'm like, he's human. It's, it's, and it was just for the average golfer. I think that was something to watch. And I actually don't mind it. It's good to see them struggle. It's good to test the other side, um, the other side of them and to see how they, how resilient they are through challenges and things like that. So I agree with the mix, but I'm um, I'm actually really looking forward to the US Open next week and can't wait to see what it brings. Yeah, look, I I like to watch them shoot birdies, uh, eagles, get it exciting. But the US Open has always been a tough course, like a tough tournament to win. So, um, you know, I I don't want to see a winner have to shoot plus eight to win this week, but I, I'm a little bit with D-Web, you know, Plus one, two, even with par, um, seems fair for most of these tracks. Um, they can't make golf courses long enough anymore, so they've got to somehow make scores harder to get, and that's by growing out the the rough, making the greens uh, more difficult. Um, so, yeah, look, I loved DJ's minus 30 um, the other week. I thought it was just great. It was um, just like watching someone play darts. So, um <laughs> something that I can't do that and like, I'm no good at that either. Um, so look guys, um, we're going to come up with some uh, content over the next uh, two months. We're going away for our annual birdies and beers tour uh, weekend. Uh, this year it's going to be held on the sunshine coast of Queensland. Um, check it out. We'll start to uh, do some podcasts with our personal uh, mini course reviews or analysis of the courses we're going to play and um, hopefully get some shout outs for some local Queensland golf uh, courses as well. Uh, golf's struggling a little bit with this COVID break and um, we're just trying to do our thing 
to make a, a golf community a little bit better. Uh, start off with guys. I know I've, back, I've, I've plugged it a few times. If you can check it, our website, babtourgolf.com. Um, we're always on there. If anybody wants to leave us a comment, we're more than welcome to, uh, to that. Um, so yeah, look, we'll, uh, we'll give it a wrap tonight. Uh, boys, we'll touch base early next week. Um, we might do a double episode for the U S open being a big one and, um, we'll talk soon guys. So I'll catch us later. Thanks boys. Thanks boys. Oh yeah.